Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. All right, welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joshua. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Professor this is, Joe. This is strange. Te- teacher's assistant, um, unpaid grunt laborer, grad student, Joe. <laughs> is that what it is? T-A, T-A Joe now? Yeah, I'm T-A Joe. <laughs> I'm Ta Joe. Yeah. Um, how are you? How's everything? Uh, everything's good. You know, I'm, uh, well, by the time this airs, I will have had my interview for the MFT program that I'm going for. Uh, for those not in the know, that means marriage and family therapy. Oh, I thought you said you were going through an NFT program. You know, your non-fungible uh, token. Yes. Program. Yes. I love mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. Um, yeah, oh, no. MFT. <laughs> not. <laughs> Fungible means it can be it's a it's a it's a commerce term. Excellent. Not yeah, whatever. I love commerce. Yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I mean, you have an entire room dedicated to commerce. This is true. Yeah, I've got a lot of shit. Um yeah, uh no, things are things are going well uh for the most part. Uh you know, spring breaks over, back to the grind of classrooming. Uh, I'm looking forward to again, by the time this comes out, I will have gone, I'm doing this weekend, um, or well, it would have been this past weekend by the time this comes out again, time, uh, I am going up into the woods is, uh, we've rented like a cabin Airbnb kind of thing, me and some friends, some friends and I, and we are going to spend the whole weekend reading, reading, mm-hmm. uh, each so, other or books or. Well, I'm sure there will be some, some, some reading of of people, but yeah, books. I've got a whole bag of like half finished books that I'm looking forward to. Just like you know, spending the weekend focused. Gonna wa- gonna read these books. Gonna finish them. Uh, and it, yeah, it's going to be, I think it'll be super fun. I'm doing a bunch of the cooking. Uh, I've been going back and forth. Uh, we're doing it the first night cause we're going up Friday or, and, um, the first night we're going to do like pizza and popcorn and have like a movie night. And I'm like, of course we're out like, you know, in the woods. So of course we're going to watch something scary. Uh, and I've been going back and forth cause I really want to show them the rental just because I think it'll be really disturbing and it'll upset everybody. Um, <laughs> Uh, since it's about you know an Airbnb, mm-hmm. uh, it, but we'll see. It's it, I'm I'm bringing it with me, and we'll we'll see what happens. But that's currently the plan is to show them the rental. Mm. Um, and I was also going to bring something like fun as well. So after that, we could watch something stupid, you know, fun. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to just be you know scary but again the people that don't if they don't you know if they're like nah this isn't for me like that's fine like i i just want to be creeped out in a cabin like you know that sounds fun to me so even if they all abandon me and go to their own rooms and do whatever it is that people do uh i'm gonna sit there and watch scary movies friday night all you know 
I yeah. feel, I don't know. I like it's that. It's going to be like The Witch and. Um... Well, I want like Evil Dead, you know. Mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods. Kinds. Exactly. Yeah. Friday the 13th. You know, stuff that just kind of feels spooky. Wrong turn. Do a little wrong turn. Mm, yeah. Anyways, how about you? How are you doing? I'm great. You know, I'm feeling I'm feeling one with the Holy Spirit. I'm feeling blood, blood, washed in the blood of Christ, especially after the movie we're going to be talking about today. Oh, um, good. So yeah, so you know things are good. Um, uh, again, these are the voices of the past. So uh, this past weekend, I will have also been taking a trip, going to uh, the city of Lost Wages with uh, uh, Jimmy Kins. That's uh, right. So it's going to be fun for more bowling stuff or yeah. Yeah. He's going to be bowling in a tournament fun, fun. Um, cause he's a good bowler. Cool. This is not an invitation for any crazed fans out there to try to find Joe in Las Vegas. <laughs> no, cause it will have already happened. So by the oh, time that's this comes right. out, Duh, damn it. You know, by the time this comes out, I will, I need to constantly be keeping reminding Joshua of the timeline so, you know, yeah. we're... I just think that'd make, like, great promotion. Like, podcast host murdered in Vegas by crazed fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then... The that... will shoot through the roof. <laughs> well, James is a fan as well, so, you know, I mean, That's like, true. it could be him, so... It's true. You have no idea what uh, I am paying him behind the scenes. You know, I did get him the, I did go on Fright Rags and get him a uh, Bowl Till You Bleed Dexter bowling shirt. Fun. That's so cool. I'm, I want him to bring it so that way he can, uh, yeah. you know, and, and then we'll take a picture of him. We'll, we'll post a picture of him in the shirt. You guys going to role play Dexter? So that's what's happening. You're going to get a bunch of plastic sheeting and. Yes. In the, you know, but uh, like. Hey, a, I'm for it. <laughs> but we'll role play like we'll role play the Dexter Miguel storyline because uh, that was the most homoerotic of the storylines, I think. Yeah. Um, or Dexter and Deb, but I don't know who's who. I mean, it could. It's really a toss up. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we've gotten far off of the uh, <laughs> the boat here. Um, speaking of stuff, let's see. Uh, the new issue of Fangoria came. Yay. Yes, I, I have. Oh, you have yours. I have, you have yours. Too. I have mine yes. too. Yes. I was very upset. Uh, I actually posted about it because I was like flipping through and then I turned the page for, um, what is it for? Um, like King cast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stephen King, But it's like 30 years of cat scratch fever sleepwalkers. Believe it or not, this year marks the 30th anniversary of the release of Mick Garrison, Stephen King's sleepwalkers. Um, One of the precious few nineties horror entries brave enough to ask the question, what if a mom and son were actually ancient cat people who fed on the souls of virgins were sleeping together. And we're also traveling from town to town all over the country on a never ending and profoundly horny killing spree. But I was not, I was just like 30 fucking years. How did that happen? Like, I remember we've actually done an episode on sleepwalkers. Yeah. It's called whole lot of fucking your mother going on. So you can dig back into the archives of, uh, I think that's for August, 2019. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about the, uh, horny 
uh, incestuous cat people. But yeah, you know, it's just like, it was just such a surreal moment. Like I was just sitting in bed like 30 years. How did that happen? <laughs> I mean, we know how it happens, of course, but you know, the sun goes up, sun comes down, you know, the paper days, they flow away. Yes. Um, something. So, you know, but it was just like one of those things where I was like, God, you know, fuck you, Fangoria. I did not need to know this uh, late at night on a Monday, uh, you know, night. So there we go. Just sharing that. It's like you, we don't need any more reminders of our own mortality. Yeah. Exactly. Meanwhile, I'm laying in bed with, you know, two Sphinx cats who look exactly like these creatures. So that was also fun. I'm like, what is my life? It's so, I just can't. Anyways, beyond that, there's lots of good stuff in this uh, um, issue. Uh, Uma is covered. I really want to see that. I know we're planning to, uh, Uh because we may, uh, you know, May's coming up. Good time to, to talk about moms. So, you know, hint, hint, foreshadowing. Uh, so yeah, I think we should definitely check that out. It looks good. Um, X, obviously, I can't believe I haven't seen that yet. It's been like top of my list to see, but just you know, school. I keep thinking I can like sneak away during the day, you know, to mm-hmm. like do something and go see some movies, but I can't because I'm buried alive in work. Um, yeah, hatching. Somebody shared that with me. The trailer for that. Have you seen that? Hatching was a was at Sundance, so I did see the description. Yeah, uh, Hatching Fresh Master. Um, there's a uh, there's a folk horror also um, that also came out. Uh, there was a lot of stuff at Sundance this year. Whew, um, we are just getting behind. You won't be alone. You won't be alone. I think is the is yeah. the folk horror one. It's like a, it's about a witch. There's a whole thing uh, in here about that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Numi Rapace. Is that how you say her name? I love her, but I'm I, I'm not exactly sure how to say her name. Um, See, we're just gonna have to do Sundance right next year. Yeah, and actually I do a whole so. thing because yeah. I felt so um, <laughs> I feel so ahead of the with it and ahead and superior that I you know <laughs> was able like to watch everything. I was like Master. Yeah, remember when I talked to you about Master and told you all about yeah. it, and then you saw it, and yeah. yeah but, we can do that ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, do you like Viking stuff? I'm very excited about the Northman. That's coming as well. The new Robert Eggers, you know. No, don't no. care anything about the Vikings. Looks good. I know Bjork's in it for like 30 seconds. So hey, there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to. I I do want to see that. I like like Viking stuff. I don't know why. I'm not like particularly. It's just something about like the look of it, you mm-hmm. know, like it's because their, you're like, white. Exactly. There yeah. you go. That must be it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they filmed a lot of it in Iceland. So I just feel like it's going to be beautiful to look at. So if nothing else, like if I go and see it and it's like awful, it's like, well, at least it was probably pretty. Uh, you know, there you go. Uh, the other thing that finally came in that I've been um, trying to get is the um, Vampira Diaries. Mm -hmm. by johnny coffin so it's like this new book that is um man i think it was before the pandemic they were like kickstarting or indiegogo or 
something for this. Uh, but it's like a whole, it's like a bunch of like her actual memoirs. Oh, sorry. This stuff in here that they sent along with it, a cool picture, something autographed by somebody. I have no idea who, cause you know, she's dead. So I don't know who's signs for a vampire right now, but whatever. Yeah. It's a cute like picture of her, um, you know, and a little, uh, official vampire fan club thing, whatever. Anyways, uh, but the, uh, the book, it's filled with like tons of like pictures of her and like her writings and typings and just all kinds of cool stuff. So I'm really looking forward to uh, diving into that, uh, vam- the Vampira Diary. Well, it just says Vampira, but they market it as the Vampira Diaries. So there you go. If you're into old school you know, Hollywood glamour, gothica, that's out there mm-hmm. and available to you. Lovely. <laughs> Have you bought any books this week, Joe? Um, no. No. <laughs> I did order something for us. It's um, New Queer Cinema. It's a text, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I dug it up because it, there was something I was reading that was referencing The Devils from last week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't I have this book? So I ordered that. I'm hoping to find some fun stuff in it. New Wonderful. queer cinema. When Look that comes in, we'll chat about it. Any excuse to buy a book. Yeah. Especially a reference text for us. Yeah, you know me. I love a, I love a text. I love a textbook. I love it. I feel like if I was a if I actually was a professor, which you know you never know could still happen one of these days, mm-hmm. uh, my class would definitely hate me because I would definitely be like, "Listen, there's no textbook. There's just like tons of readings from like fifty different books." <laughs> yes, there's no textbook, only one book. Yeah, the book I make actually. That's what I should do. You know, even though I hate that. Uh, when professors do that, when it's like, I wrote this book that you can now pay $200 for to take my class. I hate that. But, you know, in uh, when I was in college, they did a good job. I, I don't know how maybe it was just a sign of the times, but at the time, the we had readers that were really great. And it was yeah. specifically it was specifically that. But it was cool because it was a way to make sure that everyone bought that thing at least during that quarter because they changed the readings every class. So you couldn't like go and uh, like get a reader for, you know, com one Oh one and, and assume that it was going to be the same thing that you were going to ne- need for the next com one Oh one. Right. It was a way to protect folks. Yeah. My counseling professor that I have now for uh, counseling and social change, she, it's not like a reader, but she has compiled everything. So she just sends it to us. So it's like, it's free. Like there's a link, there's like a page. And so you go to that page and you click on the PDFs for each week's readings. And so it's like a collection of really cool stuff. Um, and I like save a bunch of it because I'm like, oh, this is all great reference material for the future, mm-hmm. uh, but, which I love. I love that. And I've taken other classes like that that was super fun way to learn because then you're not getting just one person's, you know, viewpoint. You're getting mm-hmm. them from all over, all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just nice that, um, 
you know, professors do that. But uh, anyways, uh, again, this is just so fascinating for people to hear. Uh, <laughs> where did, what, uh, have you watched anything this, uh, this, this week? Seen anything good? Uh, watch any movies? I mean, no movies besides the, what is prescribed. Um, this is a pretty intense, uh, unit for fright school for me. So, you know, it's a lot, I'm doing like a lot of comfort watching. I mean, yeah. So, you know, catching up on my, catching up on my reality programs, you know, ah. my, my shark tanks, my top chefs. Um, yeah. but yeah, nothing. I mean, like there's so much that there's so much that's on my list of to be watched. Like, you know, we talked about it last time. So yeah, there's all that, all that stuff. It's all the same. Uh, I'm not sure if I talked last time that we were watching the Julia Child uh, bio bio series or whatever on um, HBO Max. Uh, that's been really joyful to watch. Fun. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know set in 1962 or whatever as she's uh, starting to create the uh, the French Chef television series. So it's sort of documenting how that happened, along mm-hmm. with sort of uh, the role women were playing in producing and and creating television. Uh, you know, along with just all the other stuff of the times, of course. Um, but yeah, they put the first three episodes out on HBO Max, I think. Yeah, HBO Max. And uh, so we watched them because, you know, why not? Uh, we actually, we've been watching Resident Alien and it went on hiatus till the summer. Mm-hmm. So we are like, well, we've got nothing to do right now. Let's just watch something else. So we like blew through that. We watched that. Oh, you know what we did watch? Um was that Spencer movie that Diana uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Kristen Stewart? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Uh, no. Oh man, it was weird. It was very. It was like a horror film, like the way it was sort of structured, the music of it. Like it, it, it felt like a, a, a like a psychological thriller movie. You know, about this like woman being like trapped. <laughs> In a, in a giant house with her, like, you know, this, uh, what somebody, po- I posted it on Twitter, like a cabal of like, you know, super wealthy people that are like trying to drive her crazy. <laughs> uh, anyways, it was very tense to watch. I, um, I, uh, I, it was not what I expected at all. Or, or Jeffrey, who's, you know, he's a big fan of the crown and he mm-hmm. loves following all that. He's an Anglophile. So, you know, he was like, oh, we have to watch it. We have to watch it. Um, yeah, from the, um, I think it was the New York Times. Spencer is a psychological thriller about a powerful, unaccountable authoritarian cabal conspiring to crush the spirit of an independent-minded rebel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I recommend it. I I enjoyed it. It was very tense and very, um, very 90s, of course. You know, it's like mm. set around 91 or something, 1991 Christmas on the, you know, at Balmoral or whatever it's called. And, uh, lots of beautiful dresses, lots of nineties clothing going on, you know, mm-hmm. high fashion, uh, but also very spooky, very kind of the shining. <laughs> She's being haunted by Anne Boleyn. So like Anne Boleyn keeps showing up at dinner <laughs> <laughs> and she's like reading this book about her and mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't what I, I expected at all. So just thought, yeah, you know, I'd plug okay. that, you know, something weird. So yeah, it's been like biopics this week with Julia and, and then the Diana Spencer film or yeah, Diana, no, well, princess die, uh, lady die, lady, lady die. die. Um, 
But uh, other than that, but, oh, I've been trying to watch Nightmare Alley. Have you seen that yet? Uh, n- no. If it was no. nominated for a Best Picture, I probably haven't seen it this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's on like Hulu or whatever, I think, and HBO? I think it's on both for some reason. I know I read an article about why it was on both, but it is available to watch. We just haven't had the time. Um, That's Guillermo del Toro, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we haven't prioritized it, I should say. We've definitely had the time to watch it. We just haven't prioritized watching it. But I do want to see it. It looks really good. Um, So, whatever. All righty. Well, if nothing else, shall we... uh, Shall we get on with, uh, you know, have, have you have you spent enough time getting anxious enough for for your for your uh, for your talk back? Um, no, but I'm ready. Let's do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I well, could, then, uh, I could, if you give me more time, I'll always take it. But I'm like, you know what? We're ready today. Let's do it. All right. Well, we'll we'll kick it off to a commercial and then we will come back and we'll talk about stigmata. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. And we're back. All right, everybody. So uh, today, Fright School, we are going to be, we continue our journey of uh, Catholic horror and uh, subsequently my capstone project, as it were, um, to talk about uh, 1999's uh, Stigmata. Um, and before we get into like the particulars of Stigmata, I want to um, I want to mention that there was a time when I was in when I was a kid growing up on Quam that. Uh, there was a night where we were at the church for whatever reason and the altar servers were having like a movie night with the priest. Um, and it was, it's very innocent. It wasn't, you know, nothing (laughs) to my knowledge, no impropriety occurred. But, uh, what was interesting was the fact that, um, they were watching stigmata (laughs) and it was in the church. Well, in the rectory, in the oh. in the in the priest's house, um, and it was really the cool. The priest's house is called the rectory. Yeah, the rectory. The mm. um, that sounds suspicious to quote uh, Bailey Syrian, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> and so we had, uh, so they were there, and I just remember like because we were doing something in the church that like we don't know if we were cleaning it, volunteering to clean it, or what, but. Um, we were doing something in the church in the church and it was like, okay, well that's interesting um, that they're all there. <laughs> and I could hear the yelling and the music and I'm like, uh Oh, what's going on? So, uh, so yeah, so we, uh, that was my one thing about stigmata. This is one of those movies that I have avoided because it's like, you know, not only is it Catholic, but it's also, um, 
it, it just looks kind of scary. Like it's similar to um, the posters were really affecting. Um, it's kind of like what the reasons why I like I've avoided Hellraiser mm. <laughs> is also because of that. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's just a little, little bit about, you know, my history with uh, Stigmata. Um, 1999, uh, directed by Rupert Wainwright, who directed The Fog, um, who also directed the Disney Channel movie Blank Check from 1994 (laughs) as well. Um, And uh, the Michael Jackson documentary, uh, or the Magic Jackson uh, music video, as a bunch of... He directed also, like, MC Hammer, Too Legit to Quit, You Can't Touch This... Um, he directed Straight Outta Compton uh, for NWA as well. Um, that music video. So he's got, you know, he's got some credits. Wow. Uh, oh, that's the remake of The Fog? Mm-hmm. The 2005. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Okay. Because when you said that, I was like, wait a second. No, that's not him. But yes, I see that now. The remake. I forget that they remade that sometimes. Sorry, go ahead. Um, so we're going to start things off as we usually do with asking, uh, Joshua what he thought of the film. Obviously he has seen this, so I'm, I'm curious upon a rewatch. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing this movie cause it came out in like September of 1999. So I did not see it in the theater. I would have been, I would have been 14 when it came out. Um, I would have turned 15 that year. So I think I saw it the next year. And by this time in my life, I had already been, I'd been going through like the crisis of like faith, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the Matthew Shepard murder had happened and like that whole drama of like, of my, my person, not, that sounds really trite. I don't mean the drama of his murder. I mean, the drama within my life, my, my drama around my belief in, in God and, you know, going to the church and, you know, but I still really, and even now, like I love religious, like horror films. So when this came out uh, and we, we rented it um, that probably that following year. So probably in 2000, um, you know, we went to the movie gallery most likely and picked it up in Lebanon. We were still living in Lebanon, Ohio at the time. Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Big up to Lebanon. (laughs) Right. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, I really liked it, and I still really like the movie, like, rewatching it today. One, I forgot how much I love the soundtrack. There's a lot of songs in it that I love. Uh, obviously, you know, it kicks off with Chumbawamba's, like, you know, Mary, uh, and then, um, or Mary Mary, that's what it's called. Uh, you know, they sneak a Bjork song in there, All Is Full Of Love, like, pops up, and you know, just a little bit later. Uh, so, like, the music I really like, you know, I, I love Patricia Arquette. You know, I've loved her since she was in, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Uh, so, for me, this movie brought up a lot of, like, reminders of that time, you know, mm-hmm. in, in my life of, you know, freshman freshman year. Because, that yeah, I, I started in 99 was my freshman year. You know, so just all like the changes I was going through and and my own like, you know, drama around God in the church. And so having a film come out about like an atheist who like gets the stigmata, part of me was like, how ridiculous is this? But then another part of me is like, am I like, am I being challenged here? (laughs) Like, is something happening? Like, do I need to like rethink my like my positions <laughs> well, although like, i wasn't you... an atheist i that that didn't come till later but just you know this movie come came out at a very particular time where i was like thinking a lot about 
God and God's role in my own life and the church and the power of the church. And obviously that's all being discussed here. So well, what um, do you mean? Like being challenged? Like I, I could you elaborate on that a little? On that well, a little I just mean more? it came out at such like a particular time mm, okay. that for me that it was just kind of like, especially then where I was still, I hadn't, <coughs> excuse me. I hadn't moved away from believing in God. But I was, I was sure that like Southern Baptists, like and Christianity wasn't really for me, you know, this idea that God hated, like, I, I was like, this is stupid. Um, you know, so it was more of like, I guess it came out at a time where it just, I, I don't know. I, it's just, I was struggling a lot with how I felt you know, about God and the church and the, and the mm-hmm. role that it should play in my own life. And so, like I said, watching this was just really like a weird thing just because it was about somebody who didn't believe in God at all and was like seeming to be targeted by, you know, <laughs> the, the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit <laughs> by the Lord. Um, Again, I mean, it's not like that, like super serious now, but like when I look back on that time, I was like, I have, you know, diaries from that time of writing a lot about, you know, how I was feeling, feeling very conflicted about like being queer and, you know, and, and kind of reading a lot more other religions and other faiths and such. Mm-hmm. It just came out at a really interesting time for me. But I still, I, I, I love this movie even now, like it's ridiculous, even rewatching it. I'm like, there, there are definitely parts of it that are ridiculous. I'm sure to like theocracy and whatnot. Like, I'm sure this film is like completely bonkersville, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I imagine it's playing a little fast and loose with, you know, um, some stuff. But again, I don't know. That's why you're, that's why you've chosen the why you're going to talk about it. Cause you're going to help us understand the, uh, inaccuracies and whatnot in it but sure uh, I, still, I still love it and i will probably watch it again because i just enjoy watching patricia arquette do anything <laughs> yeah we will we'll definitely talk about a couple things this movie this movie has a lot of um common themes that we see or at least that i have noticed and seen in representations of the catholic church um in a in terms of uh, on media, and so that so you're you're right there in saying um, that uh, you're right there in saying that there's uh, some inaccuracies, but there's also some things that like kind of hold true a little bit uh, to um, that kind of hold true to some uh, some other things too as well. So we'll we'll get into that a little bit. But for those who don't know, I mean, again, spoiler alert: this movie is from two thousand nine, uh, uh, from nineteen ninety nine, uh, at the end of the last millennium. <laughs> and um, essentially, we have uh, well, first of all, we have names upon names in here. We got Arquette, we got Gabriel Byrne, Jonathan Price, um, Nia Long. Uh, yes, we got Peron in here. Nia Long. <laughs> Um, I mean, we also have Porsche like a Razzi. No, we got a, we got a bit bar for Porsche de Razzi. Um, we have one of my favorite actor names, uh, actor names is always, uh, Enrico Corlantoni who plays father Dario, oh. um, in this yeah. very like, you know, not quite house of Gucci Italian accent, but definitely, you know, <laughs> approaching that way, pushing um, it, <laughs> pu- pushing it for sure. And Cusack is the doctor. Um, you know, again, this is the like names upon names. Very, it's also like very, 
very 90s folks that are in it. But um, yeah. a, so we have Father Andrew Kiernan, played by Gabriel Byrne, who um, is a, a Jesuit again right. here, again. another yeah. another Jesuit priest. We'll talk about yeah. that more a little yeah. bit. Yeah. This movie's very trying very hard to be like The Exorcist or something. <laughs> you know, it's trying yes. to explore themes uh, that are present in The Exorcist. And uh, <laughs> you have um, he is a researcher who works for like the. Um, congregation of something something with the saints. Uh, basically, right. it's the basically it's the um, arm of the Vatican that goes out and is supposed to investigate miracles, which is true. They do have this. Um, they do have uh, a special uh, team of people, sect of people who do this. Um, and essentially, what he does, you know, he's a scientist who is turned a priest to turn a Jesuit priest, and he um, goes and. Uh, debunks uh, debunks the miracles to see how valid they are. And this is important to know because um, in the Catholic Church, they, uh, in order for someone to become a saint, they have to, perf- um, there have to be a certain number of miracles that are attributed to, um, to their veneration and their intercession. And that's a huge, long, like, process especially in the more modern incarnation of the church um you know we have the prevalence of science and technology and social media and things um in fact the um the priest that he mentions as like the second known priest or one of the um the priest that uh, father kuna mentions uh, padre pio is um is up for saint it is technically not a saint uh, but is beatified as a, uh, so it's like blessed Padre Pio. And that's one of the steps on to being a saint. Um, so it, it's interesting that he mentions that. And he was like, you know, from uh, in more recent memory, there's actual photographs of Padre Pio wearing his gloves, the gloves of the stigmatic um, to note his stigmatic uh, uh, designation. So he's there. He finds uh, he finds a statue that weeps blood. He ends up, you know, ends up mm, through uh, all manner of weird weird visual storytelling. Ends up having to go and investigate uh, Frankie Page, played by Patricia Arquette, who um, is a non believer with stigmata, and you know. Uh, it's also alluded to, as is most things with a priest like this, that he is also someone who struggles with his own faith and right. his own belief. Yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely, I feel, a, um, and again, and that echoes back to, like, The Exorcist. You know, Damien Karras was a psychiatrist before, you know, joining the Jesuits. And so, yeah, he's, like, struggling. So meeting an actual miracle, mm-hmm. and it's that whole, like, oh, you know, it is all real. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to talk a little bit more about, um, I want to talk a little bit more about the Jesuits as an order. So, you know, the Jesuits, again, yeah. as we mentioned, is the Society of Jesus is founded by St. Ignatius of Loyola, um, uh, approved, uh, it was formed in like 1540. So about, you know, 481 years ago. And, wow. um, Usually what you see in for the Jesuits is that you'll see like, you know, if they're a Jesuit or, you know, any sort of religious order priest, they have like a letters at the end of their name. So, for example, instead of like, you know, how like similar to folks who have like ESQ or MD, 
all of that stuff for um, lay type of professional organizations. Right. So SJ is Society of Jesus. That's the um, usually the designation for anything. So if you see someone's name and then an SJ, they're most likely a Jesuit or it's a Jesuit publication, what have you. Hmm. And so some of the characteristics of, of the Jesuits is that, you know, St. Ignatius was someone who he himself was a nobleman and had a military background. And so the, uh, the kind of idea of the Jesuits is that they are the soldiers of God. They're like God's army. They are God's soldiers, God, God's Marines. And they, um, are God's often Marines. G- yes, <laughs> wow. God's Marines, and given that. that kind of uh, given that title as well, um, they have their own kind of uh, of their order, indicative of their order is like you know there's a certain there's certain characteristics of their type of spirituality. So you know one of the one of their sayings is um, oh God where it is. Uh, one of their sayings is like, you know, for the greater glory of God, um, ad majorum dei, I think it's ad majorum dei glorium in Latin, um, talking about the union of Jesus, self-awareness. Um, they have this like, uh, one thing that's interesting about them is that like Jesuits, you know, they, they try not to live, they try to have like, you know, this uh, like uh, perpetual contentment. So, you know, if they're being told by the order to go and live in a place that has every luxury, they should be able to be live there in peace with the gospel. And then if they were plucked and like dropped into the middle of nowhere, they should also be able to live in that similar contentment. Um, where we get into this controversy and a lot of like where the media is always pitting the Jesuits against um, <laughs> the Jesuits against uh, the rest of Christianity, uh, sometimes the rest of the Catholic Church, is the idea that like, you know, the Jesuits also like are a, a very inquisitive order as well. So they're concerned with education. There are a lot of schools, um, a lot of universities that are run, that are Jesuit institutions and run by the Jesuits. And so, and so there's this already, this, um, uh, idea that the Jesuits are one of the more liberal orders of um, more liberal than the the Catholic Church, and specifically, you know, specific controversies are related to um, the ability of priests to marry. We saw that in the Devils. Uh, we're talking uh, talking about um, contraception, a woman's right to choose, women who women also sharing in the priesthood, and. Um, uh, as well as um, uh, one interesting thing, homosexuality, and then, of course, liberation theology. Um, because a lot of liberation theology actually comes from scholarship from people, from men who were Jesuit priests. Um, so that's just kind of a general overview. So it's, you know, if you if there's always a troublesome priest, there's some sort of Jesuit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the trope. That's the, that seems to be the trope, especially for the the last two movies. We'll see as things go in the next couple. Um, but yeah, Joshua, any comments on that? Any um, anything? Are you familiar with liberation theology? Um, I feel like I've heard it, but no, tell me. So, liberation theology is um, is the idea that it. Um, 
that engages like the what is it? Uh, hold on. From Wikipedia, um, it engages socioeconomic analyses with social concern for the poor and political liberation for oppressed peoples. So uh, liberation theology actually comes out from a lot of um, uh, from from the faith traditions, Catholic faith traditions in Latin America. And so it is very much providing like a foundation for, you know, um, it, it focuses a lot on the teachings of Jesus as someone who was very much like Jesus for the oppressed. And so it rejects a lot of the, um, <laughs> it, it rejects a lot of the kind of wealth and power, which we'll talk about again with the, right, the uh, prosperity the, gospels. <laughs> exactly. It rejects a lot of that and actually um, uses it as a way to, you know, emphasize and, and provide uh, backing for uh, communist revolution um, there was a point, there was actually a, uh, this is something I don't think you know, Joshua, like I was a, I used to be a part of a liberation theology book club. Yeah. Um, and I, did I not know that, yeah. I'm, you know, shocked uh, and amazed, shocked and amazed, a book, book club, first of all, book and club. then, yeah. uh, liberation theology. But, um, and we read a book cause not even, it was more like a pamphlet, but it was a, a book that was on uh, specifically communism and the, um, communism and the gospel and using liberation theology as a framework for providing scriptural evidence and backing for communist and liberation. Yeah, I've been around people that I think were practicing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes sense to me when you think about stories of like Jesus, you know, throwing out the money, whatever, and, you know, in, in his like, you know, think against mm-hmm. the rich. Um, but I've seen like the buttons like Jesus is, was a commie or Jesus was a communist. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen like friends of mine who are, you know, have faith. Uh, you know, but they, they put Jesus in that light as being like anti-capitalist as being Marxist, um, you know, or at least they're using that, you know, his, yeah. his teachings. This is uh, similar, you know, and then, you know, there's that Latin American uh, tradition of it. There's also right. relations to like the black church tradition as well. Um, not Catholic, of course, but, you know, in a black Christian tradition and the kind of instrumental way black Christian, black Christian tradition played in uh, the civil rights movement and, right. you know, galvanizing the people as well. Um, yeah. 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 That it, it, in, in accepting Jesus's teachings and taking care of the poor and the sick doing, you know, I mean, it's, you know, there in I think the new Testament, you know, for the least of my brothers, you know, or, or, you know, what, how you treat the least of my brothers is how you treat me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, that's like, it's there, uh, you know, it's very obvious where Jesus would stand on, uh, you know, Joel Osteen types, <laughs> mm-hmm. which, uh, but they're yeah. not interested in that, obviously those sorts of conversations, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's the, clear that the Bible preaches against them. Uh, At least their own mythology doesn't support their, <laughs> or the Catholic church. I mean, which is what this whole film is about. You know, it's about mm-hmm. the idea. It's kind of, this is similar to uh, the Da Vinci code. You know, did you mm-hmm. ever see that or read that book where it's kind oh, of the yeah. same thing? You're, like, there's this, you're, this tele- you're telegraphing some place. You're, you're telegraphing a little bit, but yes, go on, go on. Okay. No, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll wait until we get there. No, 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 we're, uh, we're here. It's brought up. So we're here now. So okay. Okay. Continue. <laughs> um, 
but I mean that just I, I'm just saying that that's that makes sense what you're talking about just in context of like the Bible it's like again whether it's real or not whether Jesus existed or not blah 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 there is a religion that exists and that is very powerful and you know your mythology doesn't support your action so it's you know I get very frustrated with that and I think that's why I sort of left that part of my life behind is just the hypocrisy of it all um you know, but again, I'm also a hedonist, so I'm not like totally on the side of Jesus. Like, I mean, I do think we should take care of everybody. We have more than enough for everybody on the planet, regardless of what people say, mm-hmm. you know, it's all lies, um, you know, thought up by, you know, homicidal capitalists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's plenty for everybody. We can take care of everybody and we should, but at the same time, I do think we should indulge in all the fun stuff. <laughs> True. So you're a hedonist. Does that mean that you worship Patricia Heaton? Exactly. From, from Everybody Loves Raymond? Okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, Joshua, to your point, again, and, like, this is this is a great segue, you, you know, bringing it up, is that the, the book Da Vinci Code um, came out in 2003, released in 2003, Big Splash, um, and Big Splash ends up being a movie with Tom Hanks, this movie, Stigmata, comes out in 99, but both are similarly talking about the same things. It's like yeah. there is somebody who is on the cusp of revealing life change, uh, world shattering, worldview altering information, not just about um, like the church, but of the central figure and the, you know, the founder of the church. Um, and, it's, and if you want to think about, you know, Christian cos- uh, cosmology, you know, not only a human being person, but also also God incarnate. Right. Um, and uh, in the Da Vinci Code, spoiler alert, again, this that book was 20 years old. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, in the Da Vinci Code, the, um, the, uh, the twist, the gag, the goop, is the, is the idea that Jesus not only, Jesus was married to a woman, sired, a um, actually, you know, sired children with her and left her as the spiritual successor, his spiritual successor on earth, not Peter and the other male disciples, which is what the belief is in Roman Catholicism, at least, is that, you know, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, the rock upon which I'll build this church and Vatican City is actually built on top of the bones of St. Peter. Um, but to that end, when we want to re- refocus it now to... Uh, refocus it to stigmata the kind of the gag the goop that we end up finding out is that there is this uh, ancient aramaic scroll that was uh, a gospel written not um about jesus but by jesus had his words and his um his teachings in it directly from him basically saying y'all don't need all this shit (laughs) Like you, you just look, what is it? You open a piece of wood and I'm there. You look under yeah, split the rock. The wood. Yeah. Split the wood and I'm there. You don't need mansions. You don't need the church, the institution. Just the fact that you believe in me is good enough. Now, is that not considered the Apocrypha? No, the Apocrypha is, um, the Apocrypha are the books of the Catholic Bible that do not exist in the Protestant Bible. Oh, okay, I see. Um, I see. Um, the Apocrypha are, um, 
actually, I have a mnemonic device to remember the books of the Apocrypha, J.T. Webb and the Two McCabe. So it's uh, Judith, Tobit, uh, J.T. Webb, Wisdom, Ecclesiastes, Baruch, uh, and Maccabees 1 and 2. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, so it's... We'll go you. I, yeah, it was... Again, trivia brain. It's a trivia brain. Um, they will never ask that at trivia. I don't know why I'm saving it, but I remember it. Uh, you never know when you're going to be tortured by a Catholic church. You, in the times in which we live, you yeah. you exactly correct. You never um, know. So you'll have that ready to go. Like, hey, I, exactly. let me tell you how Catholic I am. I know the books of the Apocrypha, okay? Yeah. Listen to this. T.W. and the Maccabees, too, yeah. whatever the hell you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, surviving a second uh, another inquisition yes is is on top of your list you're gonna do it um yeah and you're all let's just say um i will hang you all out to dry uh and you will all you will that's fine by me because i'm definitely gonna tell them that uh uh goody farron was uh (laughs) walking with the devil I saw it. Oh <laughs> he my placed gosh. this mark upon my chest. Um, <laughs> so okay, so this is the gospel, <laughs> the gospel of Thomas. Um, yeah, so the gospel yeah. of at the end of the film, they which talk is about real the stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, these are real things. Yeah, yeah. So, gospel of Thomas uh, discovered in Nag- near Nag Hammadi. Um, like, I guess part of like what is more commonly known as the Gnostic gospels. Yeah. So Gnostic Gospels uh, being like, you know, Thomas being uh, Mary Magdalene, you know, there's other things as well. Other, other accounts of the life of Christ that the church does not officially recognize as one of the four um, official, uh, official canonical Gospels. Um, So, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those four dudes. Um. But again, like, and, and again, like they, they do a really good job of like, you know, making it so that way I love it when it feels like this is something new and I presented it in this, this is information that is true, but I'm presenting it in this way that makes it seem dangerous. So like, that's the end, <laughs> the end right. titles of the, of the film, but essentially, you know, and, and again, like what, what this amounts to again is I'm, we're trying to see a theme here a little bit, political conspiracy. Right. So Again, when you think about the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, the Vatican, Vatican City, like, you know, hundreds of years, if not a millennia, of amassing power and wealth and land and and influence um, over the entire world. Yeah, it's going to be really bad if, you know, all of a sudden their, uh, you know, deity, by their deity's own hand, said that you don't need any of those guys. You don't need these old white men in the big house, in the marble floors, to tell you that there's no pathway there. Uh, There is, like, just believing is a pathway enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we have have that part of it, that political intrigue part of it, where it's essentially um, they're keeping, they're trying to keep the power. Um, And I love that because it's just, again, it's further reminding you that, like, the Catholic Church as an institution has all of these things all over the place, property, um, art, all of that influence, bank accounts, all of these things that we, um, it's not just, like, you know, the one Sunday preacher 
furniture that you see in the, you know, in the, in the country, in the country house. But right. the, the other half of this story or the other half of the, um, of the film that we, that's interesting is the idea that it's a fucking ghost story. <laughs> this film is all haunting, like essentially yeah, or like a possession, yeah, like a possession. Like, and, and so, so when it's, you know, we find out that like, you know, Frankie is, uh, Frankie is being, um, is experiencing very viscerally and physically the wounds of Christ. So Kiernan mentions that, you know, Christ had five wounds, um, you know, one on each arm or uh, the, uh, the five wounds of Christ are the, uh, the hands, the feet, the side, the lashes. I think they count the the hands and feet as one and the crown of thorns. And so um, the piercing of the side, which is what actually killed Christ because Christ didn't, Christ was not hung to die on the cross. Christ already died um, prior to that. But um, so you see her experiencing this very good, like also very nineties, very saw with the music. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like it's, it's very much that kind of, that kind of feel to it. it I got such 90s stuff. Also, it's like very 90s sets too. Um, yeah. A lot the of look fire. Everybody and, took yeah. me back to like high school, like the way that her hair's done, mm-hmm. you know, at certain points, the way Portia de Rossi looks like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I went to high school with like all the girls who dress like all the girls, uh, you know, all the women in this film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, and it's so it like doves and fire like I love right. <laughs> cuz like yeah. doves flying through fire is very much like late 90s big splashy movies and so so I, I was like did Jerry Bruckheimer direct this I <laughs> <laughs> um and so we have a uh, we have a situation here where it's like, it's a ghost story. It's a haunting story. She is possessed. She is someone who um, is not in the middle of like great spiritual turmoil, other than the fact that like, this is just happening to her. Right. <laughs> and um, some cool things that happen. So the, some of the things that they mentioned too, like, Oh, by the way, the, our, our text today, I actually had to buy this on Amazon. Our text today is the Catholic source book. Um, yes look at that so this is actually a reference book that is used for teachers who teach catechism that has like you know just little bits and tidbits but the cool thing i love about this and next time i'm over joshua i'll bring it to you because i think you would love it is that you know it's um there's like a whole thing that like tells you the different types of crosses like you know here's this whole section right here on the different types of crosses and what they mean oh yeah all this different stuff about like what the different symbols for God are, are, but uh, there's a section here specifically on um, what's known as like the uh, extraordinary, um, extraordinary um, events that happen. And a lot of these things are things that are also occurring that are signs of miracles. So like when there is witness, when there are witnesses or testimony um, that, holy people have done these things, these counts as miracles, which eventually lead to their sainthood. So obviously we have the stigmata. Um, one thing also is, and that was mentioned too. And as soon as, as soon as uh, Nia Long mentioned it, I was like, Oh, I see what they're doing here. The odor of sanctity. So, you know, it's the idea that like that pleasant odor is emitted uh, from the body of a holy person, from the body of a saint, even after their death or while they are, you know, while they're, while they are dying. Yeah, I've heard um, that before. Um, 
some other cool or, um, ones. What is the other? What's the word when incorruptible? Incorruptible. Mm-hmm. That's a that's another one where um, the no body doesn't decay or body does not decay. Um, this this interesting one I think you'll like. It's called liquefaction. So solids like congealed blood, miraculously liquefying, um, is reported about relics of some saints. Um, there is a saint where like they have vials of his blood that on the feast day of that saint, like liquefy, um, or have been said to liquefy. Um, and then there is the, also the idea of the, of bilocation. So they're appearing in multiple places at the same time. Um, but, so they're definitely trying to build the case that, like, okay, this is using things that exist already in the Catholic Church to kind of add to kind of more of the spooky elements to it. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah, just like, I mean, there's a lot of terrifying shit in the Catholic Church. You know, the imagery yeah. of it, the paintings, you know, the uh, ritual of it all. You know, it can mm-hmm. it can be very, you know, creepy, culty. <laughs> yeah, and imagine like you know again like we're um, Christianity like we're worshiping a person like in all of our holy places. There's like an inst- essentially what amounted to for hundreds of years as an instrument of torture. Like right, <laughs> the Roman Empire crucified many people. Um, I mean, again, this is another Gladiator reference, but like watch Gladiator, the main uh, um, Russell Crowe's character, his whole family gets crucified. Um, and it was so what what was really interesting or like for me it was I felt very seen by it, very seen by it, was the fact that like when Patricia Arquette or when Frankie's telling Father Kunin, hey, all of the like this can't be me because all of these paintings and stuff, the nails are going through his hands. My nails oh, yeah. it's in my wrists. And I and, and as soon as he said that, I was like, Yeah, because that's totally accurate <laughs> like historically it is accurate the body cannot sustain that kind of weight on your hands you have to be done in your wrists and there are some there are even um very zealous factions of catholicism where on good friday they take nails in their wrists to this day that those are in in places in parts of the world um they reenact the passion of the christ so much that they you know receive his wounds willingly they receive a self-imposed stigmata if you will um was one of the things that i found that was really i was like ah this is so so cool but I also was yeah, watching. I this. wrote that down because yeah. I think that's where I learned mm-hmm. the, this that information. Mm-hmm. Because you grow up your whole life and you see it's like through the hands and whatnot, so it's like you never really think about it. And yeah, this is the first movie I saw where I'm like, oh, that does make sense because I did wonder that. Like, gosh, you think your mm-hmm. hand would just like rip through? Like, yeah. certainly you need to get it between the you know the bone, yeah, the so, muscle. Super, super educational in that no. way. No. <laughs> And the other kind of relation, again, to, like, uh, specifically related to this idea of, like, the wounds of Christ, the stigmata, and um, even the gospel, the gospel of Thomas. So Thomas, um, Thomas called Didymus, um, he was one of the 12 apostles, but when, when Jesus appeared to the apostles after the crucifixion, when they were in a private place for fear of being persecuted themselves, um, Thomas wasn't there 
And when they told him about it later, Thomas was like, oh, this is according to, um, according to the Acts of the Apostles in the Bible. The story goes that Thomas wasn't there and he was like, well, you know, I can't, I'm not going to believe that the Lord is back until I can put my finger in his palms and also touch his side. Um, uh, yeah. And so then later when Thomas was with the rest of the apostles, Jesus appeared again and told him, Hey, you know, you, you're the one who doubted me, go ahead and do that. And so this is where you get the phrase, the doubting Thomas. Yeah. Um, but there's that connection again with like the stigmata and the gospel of Thomas is that there is an intimate connection between the two, um, the, the miracle and also how they're relating it to this gospel in the film. Huh? Wow. Cool. Yeah. Just a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When I figured like, um, cause that's sort of what I was thinking when I was watching it, it was the sort of like, you know, when you look at a lot of films that are religious horror, uh, particularly the Catholic horror, there's the, there's always this sort of um, conspiracy element, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, you know, that they're, they're controlling the world. They're up to something, you know, they're trying to stay in power. So, you know, and that's present again here, uh, much like it was in the devils. And I'm sure it'll be echoed in the, in the films to come. Um, as you said earlier, uh, which again, I like, I like the intrigue of it. You know, again, that's mm-hmm. why the, I, I, when the, um, when the Da Vinci code came out, I actually waited. I probably read it a year after it had come out mm-hmm. because everybody was talking about it. And I wanted to read it when nobody was talking about it anymore, you know, so I could kind of be free of like, and I read it in one night. Like I, I started reading it and I stayed up like all night long mm-hmm. and I just kept reading and reading until I finished it the next day. Cause I just thought it was so, it just sucked me in. I thought mm-hmm. it was such an interesting story. And again, at that time, because I was still not like, atheist you know i was still i i was still you know I, I was considering myself sort of agnostic or like spiritual or like you know i you know thought that something was going on in the world uh, i was really intrigued by that story and intrigued by you know the idea of like a woman taking over the church or there not being a church at all you know again the split the rock you know and i'm there i, I still really like that kind of uh approach to theology you know i mean i think mm-hmm. people still would gather part of the part of the comfort of having a religion is to share it with others is to is to be in community mm-hmm. um and again i think that's enough you know this idea of building these churches that now like wield all this like political power and you know um financial power economic mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. Is, i think very terrifying obviously yeah. and uh you know again i think jesus would be very sad by it but um again that's why i'm not exactly sure i believe in god because like you know do something about it <laughs> like show like show yourself and uh, but i know that's the whole point is uh is to have faith so other than that, the only other thing, uh, you know, I liked her quote, believing in God is terrifying. That's kind of, you know, for me, get out of my head, Joshua, <laughs> love you so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's at the end of the day, that is kind of like the whole point of this film is like, yeah, like it's one thing to be able to like totally deny God and not worry about it, not worry about being seen, not worried about being watched, not worried about what's going to happen to you after you die, but just being able to live my life the way I want to live it. 
uh, and doing my best not to hurt others. And, you know, that's enough for me. Uh, but the idea that like God really exists. And again, it's why sometimes I have a lot of pity for people who hate so much in the name of God, because I think for a lot of them, not politicians, you know, not, and not even like the super wealthy preachers. Like I, I doubt, I, I don't think Joel Osteen actually believes in God at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have doubts of whether the Pope actually believes in God, but um, you know, because they're just so powerful that it's like, uh, I, I feel like if you truly believed, you should be more worried about how you're going to be judged. Um, mm-hmm. But people at the bottom, you know, the people who go, you know, who go to church every week and give their money, you know, they're, they are terrified, you know, they live in a certain kind of terror, some of them. And they use that terror to terrorize others, you know, cause they're afraid, you know, there were people in my life. I remember growing up that were just so heartbroken for me, you know, like, and still probably are. And they live their life, you know, worried about my soul. And it's just so like, ugh. Oh my gosh, find a better hobby. Like you're going to die one day and that's what that's what you've done your whole life is go around, you know, what does God think of everything that I'm doing? And again, for some people that's not the case. You know, again, I'm not talking I'm I'm talking specifically about those that type of believer. Uh, I know plenty of people that find joy in their Christian faith who, you know, don't judge queer people, don't judge anybody. You know, they really try to to to, you know, live the Christ-like way as best they can in, you know, a capitalist hellscape, uh, you know, so I know people that are, 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 you know, what Christians should be like, or what I think a Christian should be like, um, you know, but I also, there's part of me that kind of feels sad for people that something that should bring them that, uh, solace and should bring them comfort in the dark, you know, does not just, uh, and so that her remark in the film about believing in God is terrifying, really, all, like that always resonates with me, that whole little section of the film. Because I'm like, yeah, like to live your life in constant fear of this thing that's supposed to love you unconditionally <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and to give you hope and to give you, you know, uh, faith that everything is going to turn out all right. You know, instead, it's, it's a tool of fear and a tool of oppression. I think it's very sad. So, and I don't see how that's a better life than, you know, my hedonist atheist (laughs) life that's full of joy and full of fun and, you know, full of, you know, good things and good people. (laughs) I I think it's more, again, it's like, it's the less of the concern, uh, essentially, right. It's less of the concern about the life that we're in right now and more about the concern about what's going to happen in right in the permanent life, uh, in the everlasting. It's not very, um, uh, mindful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, it's not. (laughs) Yes. What Uh, we're, what we're saying, uh, dear listener is that, uh, religion is the antithesis of mindfulness. There we go. Um, to some degree uh oh my uh, what any, if we ended just there <laughs> right um well i was gonna say any other thoughts before we do wrap up um all good things uh all good things must come to an end uh folks just remember that um in terms of you know Chris catholic subjugation and you know <laughs> Um, I, I, the, the one movie that like, so definitely got Da Vinci code vibes, but the other movie that I would love to pair this with, cause it's a similar, it has a similar moral is, um, the order starring Heath Ledger. Oh and, yeah. 
Like, this is a movie, and I don't want to say too much about that because I would love to do the order for Fright School later, but I think the order um, does a, like, does a really good job. Um, and I saw the order, like, pre in a pre-Fright School, Joe. I did watch the order, and I it did make me start to question a couple things um, having yeah. watched it. So, wow. No, seeing that now, no, seeing stigmata, you know, it's very, uh, very interesting. Let's to say the least. Any, any final thoughts for you? No, uh, you know, I love this. Uh, I love this. This has been super fun. I learned some things today that I didn't know about the, about the Catholic, the Catholics, uh, you know, helping old altar boy father. Mm-hmm. You know, this makes me want to go back and watch The Exorcist now. Maybe that's how I'll spend the rest of my evening. That'll be fun. I know. But is it is Exorcist one of your rainy day movies or is it just an everyday movie? No. Um, the Exorcist, I don't know where. The Exorcist nowadays, it has to be like a feeling. You know, like, oh man, I haven't watched that in a while. I'd like to watch The Exorcist. Uh, for a while there, like I was probably watching it monthly when I was younger, probably pop it in and let it play in the background while I did other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not really like a rainy day movie, but then like, uh, you just like, you like look over your shoulder and then all of a sudden like it's Pazuzu. It's that face. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh shit. Yeah. I haven't watched that in a year. So maybe I should sit down and watch the exorcist. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, dear listener, I hope that you also uh, I hope that you also are inspired to watch The Exorcist or The Order or whatever it is, or go to church and pray the rosary. Um, you know, the, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you have a good night, Joshua. Uh, you too, Joe. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.